Welcome to Recently Logged, where this week we become a Maurice fancast. Harvey's breaking <laughs> things right before we start. Um, hello, everyone. Hi. Uh, it is us. We're back. We are back. For, I am Robbie. And I'm Micah. And together we form Recently Logged. And we're and we're back talking about the Planet of the Apes trilogy. Yes. The, the newer Planet of the Apes. The <laughs> newest. I was about to say, I, don't, I think this is the only one that's a trilogy out of, like, all of the Planet of the Apes movies. I mean, technically you could grab a trilogy from, like, the 60s one. Yeah. Because there are five of them. So you could just be so like, many? You could just be like, we have a trilogy. Because it was a, pro- a profitable <laughs> movie and they just make more they're just of making, profitable. Why are they making so many? <laughs> How many how uh, many apes are there? <laughs> but this week we're talking about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Indeed we are. Which is the second one after Rise of the Planet it's of so the Apes. So weird. The naming's so weird. I mean I feel I feel like everyone who has looked into these movies at all. Again, I still think my argu- I think confused. my argument is pretty good for their naming <laughs> though cuz like Rise is the rise of the fact that they're super intelligent apes at all and Dawn <laughs> is like the actual dawn of the idea that the planet is the planet of the apes. I see. And you think war will be them claiming the planet, Mike, or do you think they'll die? And who knows? Oh yeah, I, <laughs> sure they're gonna die after all of this. They, I don't know. They better they better claim the planet. I don't I don't know what's gonna happen in war. Right, we haven't we still yeah. haven't watched war yet, guys. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we're talking about Dawn. Uh, one, uh, the second time we're talking about a Matt Reeves movie on the podcast. Matt Reeves. So. Be have fun. we not talked about Cloverfield? Before? We have not done an episode oh, on Cloverfield. I mean, I'm sure we've mentioned Cloverfield before. We're we're both big fans. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, do we want to get into the basic facts? Yeah, let's tell let's tell the people what they need to know. All right. So, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is a 2014 movie rated PG-13. Well, it is two hours and ten minutes. Are they allowed to do that? <laughs> uh, its little IMDb description is a growing nation of genetically evolved apes led by Caesar is threatened by a band of human survivors of the devastating virus unleashed a decade earlier. What if it was just like, they don't explain, they have no context really. What if it was just like Julius Caesar? <laughs> they Julius. Were, all the super intelligent apes were just being led by Julius Caesar. <laughs> be that, that would actually be pretty all good. Right. Uh, it was nominated for one Oscar. I, I don't know what it lost to because it, obviously it was nominated for visual effects. Like, yeah. But I'm pretty sure Rise won visual effects, but I'm hmm. not sure what this lost to. Uh, its cast consists of Gary Oldman, nice. uh, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie Russell, yeah. Andy Serkis, nice. Cody Smith McPhee, nice. Jason Clark, weird guy, <laughs> Toby Keppel, he's pretty good at this though, <laughs> and Kirk. <laughs> I, I went too far. <laughs> this guy's not important. Kirk. Agvito? Agvito? I'm assuming. Something like that. I'm so sorry. Uh, Directed by Matt Reeves, written by Mark Bombach, which I which I don't think is No, uh Noah Bombach's name is spelled. Well no no, not I wasn't saying Noah Bombach. Bombach. I was saying I don't think that's the guy who wrote Rise, which it is not. No, no. Uh, and is based on the the character in the book uh, by Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. There you go. 
That was very informative. I thought, I thought, I thought you were checking on what, what it lost its Oscar to. Oh, was I supposed to? I thought that you grabbed your phone right as I was mentioning that. And I was, um, I was looking, I was waiting. 2015 Oscars. 20, yeah. I always, the Oscars are so, so weird, confusing. right? Um, let's see. Yeah? Yeah, we getting there? Winners and nominees. Awards. That's. Let's see. Oh, J.K. Simmons. Hey. Best picture. Best director. Birdman was that year. Yeah, man. Okay, here we go. Oh, interesting. According to this, the film takes place in 2026. So we have that to look forward to. Nice. <laughs> um, oh, here we go. Here we go. Did you find it? No. Oh. <laughs> the orangutan that is featured pr- uh, prominently in the film is named Maurice. This is a reference <laughs> yeah. to Maurice Evans, who portrayed the orangutan Dr. Zayas in Planet of the Apes 1968. And Beneath the Planet of the Apes, 1970. Okay, I actually, I, I'm very much glad that uh, Interstellar won that year. That was the, oh, <laughs> that's what it was okay. up against. <laughs> okay, that's a bit cheap. <laughs> right. It deserved it. Yeah, no, Interstellar should have won. But, but this, this has fantastic visuals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> um, any, any, any other big things? <laughs> Takes place in 2026. <laughs> Specifically. Uh, who knew? Apparently, Koba has the Koba's name comes from uh, Stalin's nickname. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I had no idea. This is very interesting. <laughs> oh my God, you're just gonna browse the IMDb trivia? No, I mean, I, who knew? Who, who knew all of this? All of this, uh, you know. Naming history is I mean, there. We mentioned that it was a Maurice fan cast, so I mean, I'm, I'll happily learn more there, there, about Maurice. There you go. According to this, this is scientifically inaccurate because technically the species of ape that uh, Koba is is historically extremely less violent than just normal, <laughs> normal uh, chimps. It's a little funny, actually. <laughs> No, that's not okay. Sorry, we're way off track. This is not an interesting <laughs> podcast at the moment. I'm just—I thought Robbie was going to say something. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, this can't be true. Never, though. A, never assume. During the ape attack on a human settlement, a large gorilla throws a burning barrel. This is a homage to the video oh game series God. Donkey Kong. I think they made that up. <laughs> people are making that up <laughs> but, but it, it does happen but yeah it does happen let's let's move on <laughs> let's, though let's talk about the actual movie <laughs> arby's we have the meats wow <laughs> <laughs> well hello everyone uh for those of you who don't, for know, those who don't uh, know uh for, i forget what off comment robbie had one time in, in an episode in a season prior i'm pretty sure i think season two uh, or something he he called <laughs> Our main discussion, the meat. It's the meat of the podcast. Uh, and we have named it the meat as the segment and recording ever since. So that's what the that's what the we have the meats is Wow. For. Well, uh, here we are. We're finally talking about what we think of the movie instead of just random Donkey Kong facts. <laughs> uh, so, Ravi, what do you think of the movie? Um, I think, personally... Uh, first off, as a sequel to Rise, I think it does a, a lot... A lot of good for the for the franchise. We jump, on the whole. we jump ten years. I was about to say very big time jump, but a lot of the characters uh, 
feel very naturally matured and the world feels very fleshed out. It's it's good stuff. It's a good sequel. Um, a lot of the emotional through lines of the first movie carry over very well, especially for Caesar's character in this. Um, Koba's good. I don't know. Uh, g- good sequel, I should say, first off. Um, VFX look even better than the first one, I would argue. Much better. The models, opinion. the models, oof. the models are, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Literally there's, uh, you, could there's reach, you could reach out and touch Marie. <laughs> there's a couple of scenes where I'm like, how is that not like real hair? Right. <laughs> What's going oh my on? Gosh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, VFX, great stuff. Uh, it, honestly, if not for Interstellar's existence, I would have been, <laughs> I would have been very upset for this, uh, not winning, uh, VFX. Cause it does look very good. We made a realistic black hole way before anybody else knew. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, what else to mention? Um, I think honestly, I, I think this is much better than the first one. I might have mentioned that already, but I think it handles its emotional story a lot better with a lot more subtlety and care than the first one does. Uh, Even though I'm not a huge fan of the general conflict, I'm a fan of how it plays out, I think. I think they do a good job with all of the character writing and stuff for the human characters and uh, all the ape characters, too. It's, It's a solid screenplay, at the very least. Um, there's some great performances. Andy Serkis is even better here than he is in the first one. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a solid movie. What did you, what did you rate it? I gave it a four and a half out of five. I I liked it a lot. Mm. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So as for me, ditto on a lot of the points. I do think this time around, I probably agree that I, that I think it's maybe better than the first one Mm -hmm. because a lot of the things that really bothered me about the plot weren't (laughs) as big on a rewatch. Um, I think, I think really where this shines and where I wish we had more of was a lot like what was is (laughs) a lot of the, like, like the inner ape conflict stuff that happens. A lot of the character beats and emotions that are conveyed with characters that can barely talk is insane. And again, just carrying over from the first one, you have that insane sense of brotherhood with the apes that like, I don't know how they made. How does it happen? It's insane. You're like the the comrades. Um, And with that, it makes for a really, really cool story with like Koba, especially because obviously Koba is foreshadowed as a villain in the first one. Um, But it makes for such an interesting progression of all of the characters, again, with the time jump that they've all matured so much and work together and all trust Caesar, like the way that Caesar is treated as a leader works for a very, very interesting story to play out. Um, and I really, really, again, like the VFX, the action is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly wish there was less humans in this movie, <laughs> like like less human screen time. I don't need any of that. That VFX budget might get grinded down. <laughs> um, but the human stuff is fine. It's probably my least favorite part of the whole movie, but just in how it contributes to the conflict and everything. Uh, but it still works really well. And I, I think my biggest problem with the movie overall is I wish it was just all around tighter. Uh, but I gave it four stars. Fair enough. Ooh, also the score is amazing. Oh yeah, Michael Giacchino. My I was man. I was noting that this time. <laughs> I was like I was like listening to the score a lot. Um 
But do you have any questions to to dive us deeper? Um, I had thought of something, and now now you made me forget, Micah. You put me out in the spot. <laughs> um, I guess uh, kick us off. Tradition. We'll do uh, favorite scene or sequence in the movie. Ooh. Which there there are quite a few really good ones here. Yeah. See, almost every single one of my favorite scene or sequences are like um, a Coba Caesar moment. Um, Coba Caesar. Hashtag Coba Caesar. Right. Moment. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> it's Morbin time. Wow. Um, no, but like again, I really think where this movie shines is almost in, like, and it's almost um, almost Shakespearean style mm-hmm. feel of its like betrayal and setup with Coba and Caesar. Um, and there are just so many really good scenes. One of my favorites uh, overall is when uh, Coba goes like all the scenes with Coba with the gun testing people. Those are really um, good. And dude, it's just so unnerving to watch <laughs> right? him, to watch him do what he does and everything. <laughs> like Coba is a really commanding presence. Um, but man, just so many things like the Coba and Caesar fight is really good. Mm-hmm. See, like, I, I don't even know, man. <laughs> like um, the the scene where Caesar gets shot is really good. Yeah, I was I was actually gonna mention. Uh, basically, all of my favorite scenes are uh, just like the ape scene. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I specifically, I think if I were to just like pluck one out i think i would go with the opening sequence mm. uh with all the village stuff the it's, opening sequence very is nice really good it, it's kind of understated how uh just kind of serene this movie is a lot of the time yeah we were we were originally <laughs> actually going to try and get some some like rainy forest ambience going but we couldn't get the mix to sound good yeah yeah um but like we did that because specifically one thing that always kind of carries through in this movie is it's like pleasant green color and always kind of a rainy forest sound. Yeah. Like like when you're in the forest and not in the city where the war happens at the end of this, like it, it is very like, uh, like again, serene and almost peaceful. And mm-hmm. like in the opening, just watching them, even though they're set up as a very strong, threatening presence with the score and the opening shot and everything, and yeah. everything that it establishes, it, it also really shows how much, like, I don't know. It's a very peaceful movie. Peace there is yeah, over everything. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the calm before the storm, if you will. Good stuff. Michael Giacchino is so good. Dude, that, that like string rise as it pans out from Caesar's eyes as the opening shot. What is happening? Oh, man. But yeah, no, I, I think that would be my favorite no, scene. No, that's really that's good. good stuff. Um, man, I, I completely blanked. I had a question. We should, we should not have. The, this is the thing that always happens when we do like we record an episode right after we watch. Right. The movie. We finished, we're just kind of we're just kind of sitting there. We're like, yeah, we're trying to like completely <laughs> process the movie in our minds to come up with good questions. Uh, I had a question, uh, but I kind of lost. What do you think of? Oh, so I'll just like I'll yeah, just yeah. Go with something. What do you think of uh, Gary Oldman's character? Gary and Oldman. The use of the use of Dreyfus in the colony. Um, I don't know. I it's it's interesting because I I think the colony is kind of I, it's written as well as I would expect it to be. <laughs> you know, like wow. it's I don't know. They 
I don't really know how I feel about it, because, like, it's good, sure, but it's not, like... I, I would never have remembered that his name was Dreyfus, you know? <laughs> like, nice. but, it, but it doesn't really matter all that much. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it... I feel like, again, watching it the first time, it felt like it played such a bigger part in the story. Um, when you, when really uh, it's used kind of, of just as a, as a kickoff point. Yeah. It's kind of there as like a resource for Koba to be able to turn around and do yeah, everything. Yeah. But I really don't like... It's not that I don't like it. It's not that I don't <laughs> like this part of the movie, but I don't think they handled a lot of that as well as they could, especially when Koba takes over the humans um, and, like, locks them in cages. Fair and like, yeah. I feel, I, 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 like, both times watching that, I was like, it feels kind of like it's not explored at all. And, like, obviously, Koba the entire time was being, like, very selfish and moving towards his goals, and it's very yeah. natural for the character to want to do something like this to the humans. Again, he was treated the worst out of any of them. Yeah. Uh, and harbor and har harbors? Harbors. Those feelings yes. the entire movie. Um, but at the same time, I feel like... I guess... It just spends more time focused on the characters than the plot in that section, which I guess is good, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Yeah, no, it does feel a little weird around, like, breaking into the third act. Yeah. That's the that's the only time, really, throughout this entire movie where it feels like it's going through the motions. Yeah, and, like, even, even the war itself, like, you have Blue Eyes mm -hmm. being like, oh, it's terrible, the <laughs> war, and then it's just over. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, you know, it's again, it's good action, and but, like, the actual weight of the fight and everything, I feel like, isn't very well expressed. Because there's a lot of apes, but there's not that many apes. <laughs> and it looks like there was a lot dying in that, in that right. fight. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, it's really weird. And even the, the killing of Ash felt, like, so... Like, Blue Eyes seemed like the only one who was allowed to be, like, upset about it. Like, where was Rocket? Yeah, no, it's. <laughs> I I think that's actually a pretty good point because I was I was trying to pinpoint exactly like why I didn't want to give it like a full five, but honestly, I think it is the end of the second act leading up to like the final fight and everything. It it feels a little, uh, I don't know, like half baked. I guess I'll, I'll like all it, the all I'll the ideas like are there. I'll put it like this, this is, this is kind of how I'm forming it in my mind okay. here. So like <laughs> my my example of kind of comparing the idea of a play similar, I mean the movie similar to a Shakespeare play. Uh -huh. It's like that, and it's very complex. It has a lot of emotional characters and everything, but when it starts to get to that split into the third act, it kind of drops some of its complexity. Because I feel like it didn't know how to execute it fully and getting all of the stuff that needed to happen. Yeah. So it kind of chops everything just down to Caesar and Koba. Yeah, I could see that, definitely. Because there's a lot of characters that I care about. <laughs> there's a lot of characters. Um, again, like Rocket. Like, Ash just gets killed and, like, we don't even see Rocket's reaction. Because he's, yeah. like, when does he find out? <laughs> what, what happens, you know? Yeah. Um. And just in general, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that I'm sad wasn't spent more time on and stuff like that. Like um, even Caesar's family, like Caesar's Caesar's got a wife. <laughs> Blue right. eyes is there a lot, obviously, but like he's got a new child and a wife, and a lot of the stuff feels like it's just kind of asking to be explored more. Yeah, but not allowing the characters to fully get that, which again is why I said. 
at the beginning when we were watching the movie, I was like, man, I could just take like hours <laughs> of just the ape villain. Michael, Michael wants the four hour Shakespeare cut of this movie. I do, apparently, I do give me that. <laughs> that would be pretty good. I am not. I'm not even gonna lie. That would be, I would go watch that full on betrayal, uh, <laughs> long play. I'm hoping war will uh, kind of. Help a, a lot of the ending of this movie feel a bit better in retrospect. You know? Well, see, here's the thing about that though, and I was actually gonna gonna ask you about mm-hmm. this too, how you felt about the progression of Caesar's character, because I feel like the one thing that's really strong in this movie, especially, is like you said, the building of Caesar as a character, mm-hmm. and I think watching him progress through this entire movie is a really natural like midpoint for his character, arc. right? Yeah. Over the entire series. Obviously, he's had other character arcs, but like the big swooping, the story is about Caesar for all three movie arc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he's he's a really fun character to watch in this movie. Right. I was about to say, going from the first one to this one is, is a lot of fun just because uh, him as a, like a character, he's matured so much from the first one. Yeah, and just like the commanding power, like power and presence he has as a leader, and the respect all of like everybody mm-hmm. else shows him, even even Koba, um, <laughs> is, old Andy Circus is man. really crazy. Yeah, and dude, when when <laughs> Caesar just straight up like wastes him in the initial fight, <laughs> my goodness, dude, <laughs> it's insane. Again, I think the only reason Caesar was struggling so much in the end fight is because he had just been shot. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but um, good stuff, man. Do you have a, Do you have another question? Because I think I have another question, but I don't know. Um. Yeah. What do you think? How, how do you think it? How well do you think it handles? Uh, it's kind of. Uh, I was gonna say B plot, but it really like it kind of sticks with the humans most of the time. Um, when stuff is happening. Yeah. But I, I would like the human side of the. Yeah, plot. I was about to say, what do you What do you think of? how that's paced out and everything. So I was going to say, and this is actually something that I wanted to mention that, and I, and I mentioned this to you while we were watching it. I think the use of the humans on an overall story level is neat. Yeah, exactly. Because, uh, and I, and again, I explained this to you, uh, the way that, you know, as us being humans, we see (laughs) the humans and we instantly want to connect and empathize with them. Yeah. That's just, that's natural. It's more natural to empathize empathize with the real humans (laughs) than the fake CGI apes. (laughs) Um, So what this does is it kind of puts you into a really cool place, even though you start out as being like on the ape's side and everything, obviously. It puts you in a really unique place where you really want to trust the humans as well, like Caesar. (laughs) And you really want to believe that they can help because you've seen them and sympathize with them. They have kids, they have all of this, they want to survive. Um, And it puts you in a really unique place because uh, really Koba... Koba has every reason to feel the way he feels towards the humans, especially being that really like right outside where they are. They were amassing a giant arsenal, right? <laughs> and that's the first thing he found. Like, what what else is he supposed to think? <laughs> they came in, they shot somebody, uh, and so on. So I think it's really interesting the use of that, and then the use of like that justification for Koba's actual actions leading to his selfish motivation towards the end. I think all of that is really, really cool use of like humans as a thing to play off the apes. I was about to say from a, from a screenwriting perspective, I just think the way 
they handle a lot of the human plot line and the way they uh, like use it to parallel a lot of the stuff that happens in the ape village is is really good i just wanted to bring that up really yeah dude the the line uh <laughs> dude the line with uh blue eyes and, C- and caesar when they're talking about the humans uh-huh. and he's like it's my fault uh i keep thinking that apes are better than humans mm-hmm. that like that was that it's a sick line man <laughs> that scene is so good it really is <laughs> um but basically, basically any scene where it's just like uh, Caesar talking to someone, it's usually really good. You're like, oh my gosh, Caesar, you're so amazing. <laughs> good old Andy Circus, my man. Right, Andy it Circus cannot cannot be understated. Andy Circus cannot be overstated. So is, how great he is in this. It's so insanely talented. What the heck? Um, what do you think of uh, Blue Eyes in this movie as a character? Um. I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him, especially because it almost feels like he's just there to be like an emotional, uh, like anchor for um, Caesar in this to an extent. Uh, And like, he's not really going to be like a full fledged character until the third one, Uh, which I'm like, eh. but I don't know the stuff he's like the scenes he's in are good. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just wish he had a bit more of a purpose to serve in this one. Again, if it was the four hour cut, <laughs> Blue Eyes could have gone full ham. I was about to say they they could have had like more stuff with him and Ash and um, and him and Koba. Yeah, and him and Koba. Like I don't know. I just wish he was a little more. He was given a bit more time in this than he is. Yeah. So so you have um, and I was going to mention this too. You make me Whoa. think of all the things. Uh, you have like the the the. It's not explicitly stated, but essentially like the council of of the apes with with you have Caesar, Koba, Rocket, and Maurice. Yeah, and those are like Maurice. Those are like your four your four mains. Uh, and then Rocket has Ash as a son, mm-hmm. and Caesar has Blue Eyes. Yeah, and obviously Rocket and I mean not Rocket Ash and Blue Eyes are really good friends, but like. We could have had more of that and seen more of that. And I also think that it plays into interesting. Like, I would have loved to see a lot more of, like, Maurice, Rocket, and Koba all showing their influence on Blue Eyes. Yeah. Um, Because obviously during that, I guess that's in the middle of the second act, when Koba first, like, burns the village, shoots Caesar, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, It's supposed to be, like, they were, like, Koba and Blue Eyes were close as well. Yeah. So he's, like connecting and manipulating blue eyes with this yeah, yeah but that could have been like a much more powerful moment again exactly. if we had more time yeah. with the four and the kids and just michael we're making the the same complaint as in our uh Encanto episode the characters are good we just want to spend more time with them please <laughs> dang it it's the same it's the same it's just a sim- very similar problem with this actually which is a little weird <laughs> right Encanto and dawn of the planet of the apes having similar issues yeah no i i honestly honestly i'm not honest i i don't know if there are any other major problems than just those like the pacing of the story around the end of the second act and uh some shoddy character writing which those actually play into each other a lot yeah 
but honestly, I don't know. Yeah, it, don't it's know. so good. Like the rest of it is so good. No, there are there are a ton of really fantastic <laughs> elements in this. The cinematography too. Yeah, the I wanted to mention the cinematography and lighting and everything is insane. There are so many just like amazing shots in this movie. Right. Um, and again, they really set up. Um, and they do kind of that that Paul Thomas Anderson kind of thing. And I'll explain this <laughs> before you let. They do that kind of Paul Thomas Anderson thing in using the camera to really punctuate power structure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and kind of the switch of power structure throughout between Caesar and Coba. Um, uh, yeah, no, that's a that's an interesting observation, actually. Well, because the the first shot of the movie is an extremely commanding shot of mm-hmm. Caesar, yeah, um, and you have again like Coba uh, being the one jumping into frame, with yeah, the bear attack, yeah, and uh, and everything that happens with that. And as the movie kind of develops, I noticed like the shots will take that same kind of presence and put it on Coba more and more. And then again, by the end, you have Koba as the main focus and Caesar jumping into frame and everything again to, to fight for it. Back. We mentioned we mentioned the on-screen presence of a lot of these performances, and the cinematography does a lot of the heavy lifting there. Yeah, there's this like brief shot uh, towards the middle before like the big betrayal and everything mm-hmm. in the second act. Um, of Koba sitting across in the fire while Caesar is giving oh, a speech. Oh yeah, that's such a good and shot. And it kind of it goes past and like <laughs> briefly rests on that kind of commanding shot on Koba, like with the fire and the heat like it's going good, over. Good stuff. And and then continues moving, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Man, any t- any time uh, characters are like moving in this movie, though, it, like it, this. The, the cinematographer, I, I didn't look and see who it was, but they, they really know how to, like, shoot movement as well. Like, it, it's just really solid camera work all around, really. Yeah, no, I was about to say the camera work is kind of understated how, like, <laughs> genuinely good it is at punctuating these characters, which is especially impressive on top of the fact that, again... They're not standing they're, there. Like, they're, they're just, like, some goofy guys it's, it's, there. It's just, like, a guy... <laughs> In a uh, suit. <laughs> Michael Sarson. Ooh, uh, interesting. Cinematographer in The Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay, yeah, that makes, <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> man, Prisoner of Azkaban. That's good cinematography, man. Good stuff. He directed a movie in the 80s. <laughs> oh, cool. Who knew? <laughs> I mean, I evidently not me, because I didn't really know who the guy was, but... <laughs> Yeah, no. but no, the cinematography is very good. Um, and see, my Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> comparison wasn't that crazy. Wow, <laughs> I suppose not. Um, do you? I, oh yeah, I was gonna mention another thing that I don't know. I'm not crazy about it. It's not a huge problem, and it it is not really. It takes place at the same time as the other problem that we had with okay. it. Like it's not the same thing. I just really am not a big fan of the colony and then the towers as set pieces you know yeah that's fair yeah i i i I could see where you're coming from just that they could be more interesting yeah and like the tower especially with like the c4 thing with the humans that didn't really have much weight no and it was it was like a really weird place why did the apes all go to the top of the tower yeah why (laughs) they were all just sitting up there (laughs) yeah no like like i said the ending of this movie is really good, but, like, a lot of the stuff, like, 
like I said, breaking into the third act is really weird <laughs> and kind of just like and I, the ideas are there, but it, it doesn't have the weight that it should. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and like, again, with Gary Oldman's character, he's like willing to straight up blow himself up <laughs> right. to take out the apes, <laughs> like for the protection of the human race, which which sounds like a very like. Should like it I guess, should like, be a very big character moment. Well, you know? yeah, like, but it sounds like a character moment coming from one of those characters that's like on edge. Like, yeah, we gotta save the human race, do whatever it takes. Yeah, but Gary Oldman's character seems in this like a is, pretty is, rational is play, guy. Yeah, it's played as a very as like a pretty rational, pretty sympathetic guy. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, obviously he's willing to defend the humans, but like again, as human, we 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 get that we empathize with the human colony. Um, yeah. So it's like weird that like it feels like it's like this weird off side antagonist, but not actually antagonist moment. Yeah. If you would have told me um, back after I first watched it, like that there was like a C4 thing at the end of this movie, I honestly like would have forgotten completely. You know, <laughs> like I would have been like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. I don't know. It's really weird. And then it doesn't even take down the town. Right. Yeah. It just like <laughs> it just hurts. A, it hurts a couple of the apes. Yeah. <laughs> and then Koba and Caesar continue fighting. Yeah. It felt like it was meant to be there to just like gives some closure for a lot of the human characters but it just i don't know it, it feels a little shoehorned in there yeah it doesn't, it doesn't work and, fully and on that topic um another one of the problems and i hate i hate that oh yeah i mean like this is what, I we're mean, what else to do. what else is there to talk about like, like, like most of the elements are else fantastic is like great yeah um but <laughs> that plays into another thing that i just thought about um the fact that you kind of have the humans, especially the one family, and their relationship with the apes building, mm -hmm. and that kind of background hope that maybe the apes and the humans can get along, but it's never focused on very much. And then that kind of end moment where Caesar is like, like the we started the war, nobody will ever forgive us for this. Yeah, you have to go. And they're like, I hoped we could. I thought like, blah, yeah, blah, blah. all that. I felt like it was a very weird character beat. It is. No, it does feel weird. Like, it It seems like uh, they were just like, uh, we can't have them in the third movie, guys. <laughs> Get them out of here. Uh, and, like, the kid who, who got to know Maurice more doesn't even get anything. Like, like mm -hmm. the, the neither of them are there. They just drift away. <laughs> I don't even know where they go. So it's, like, a really weird conclusion when, again, like you said, the human characters actually get a lot of screen time. Even yeah. though they're not the most important thing going on, they they really are affecting the story, and they have character beats with that are very important for the apes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's very weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just like like really honestly, all of the problems that like aren't very noticeable throughout, they just all kind of come to a head near the end of the movie. Um. But all of the stuff that's like been really good throughout the movie also is very good at the end. It's it's, it's an yeah. odd it's an odd ending because a lot of like the character writing problems and the weird pacing and stuff like that. It it just I don't know I don't know why it comes out so prominently. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say the one thing that I really noticed too while we were watching it, even mm -hmm. towards the beginning, is that the pacing isn't like isn't bad, no. but like feels strangely unengaging sometimes yeah like even though interesting things are happening it feels like there needs to be almost more like more substance behind it 
I can see that. I don't know. There he is. I think I think it flowed a bit better rewatching it this this past time. Yeah, I but... mean, I, I, this again ties in. <laughs> I think I think my biggest complaint for the movie, and I know it's it's not great to complain about just why didn't the movie have more of something <laughs> or something like that, like complaining about something that isn't there, not something that is. Yeah. Um, but really, I think for a lot of things to work better in this. You needed more time with all of the apes to get more emotional complexity. Because again, even though they communicate really well and there's a strong sense of togetherness with them and mm -hmm. you get a lot of emotion from them, um, with the fact that they are not human characters and do not communicate as easily, you do need a lot to keep you fully like with the weight of what the characters are supposed to have. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, and I don't think that's a huge issue, but I did notice that it felt like a little empty sometimes. Interesting. Only sometimes. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good observation. I don't know. I mean, uh, that, that's, uh, you pretty much summed up like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't have that many problems with this movie. Oh, I don't have, I don't have exactly, quote unquote yeah. that many problems either. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you've, you've kind of summed up all of the negative thoughts I have on it. Like, uh, most of the rest of the technical elements here are great. Most of the rest of the character beats here are great. Really, it's just the ones we've brought up are yeah feel kind of shaky at, yeah, was, at worst. I was about to say, again, the stuff that works well on this works insanely well. And I don't think overall, I, I kind of agree that I don't think it's, not with you, but with <laughs> some other people that I've seen, that I don't yeah. think it's inherently overall, like with all of the elements together, as strong over like a, as a movie as the first one like i think the first one is just a a little bit more solid even I though guess. i rated them the same i guess um but i like this movie yeah like what this movie is say, trying to do much more i would much rather watch this movie than the first one yeah so would i um and i think a lot of that plays into again a lot of the problems with the first one that we talked about last time yeah yeah and just the fact that the apes are just so so much fun to watch here mm-hmm yeah, I was about to say this is a much more ape heavy movie and they're just it's so good. When it, when it when this movie's good, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I I actually almost cried during this movie, man. I almost, I almost cried like 3 times watching this. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I, I I was almost in tears within the first like six minutes. I'm like, come on, <laughs> give me give me a chance here. Uh, it's no, it's really good. But yeah, do you have anything else we want to mention uh, before we kind of like? I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I I don't. There's not really any other major things. Really, just more praises for the lighting and stuff like that like the visuals alone like you could watch this movie with the sound off and that's that's saying a lot because giacchino's score is really good here and the sound design as we mentioned is amazing here yeah. you could watch this movie with no sound and still have like an insanely compelling uh piece of action filmmaking and, it's good stuff and i think you could you could um <laughs> have like watch this movie with none of the subtitles for the eight mm -hmm. translation stuff and still have a really compelling character like stuff. Yeah. Even if they didn't like human talk as much. I was about to say testament to the again the performances in this uh, the mocap stuff. It's all great. Yeah, really all of all of the visual storytelling elements from cinematography, mm -hmm. lighting, uh, motion capture, acting, yeah, all like all of it comes together in a really really well, really really impressive way. Yeah. Even like like 
honestly way beyond <laughs> the first movie. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I usually remember about this movie when I think back on it. So it's just really good. <laughs> I don't know. Maurice reads anime. I mean, manga in this movie. <laughs> Maurice. Maurice finds manga. <laughs> <laughs> the apes discover the terrors of war and also manga. <laughs> Good movie in Maya. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm very curious on what they're going to do with the next one right? in terms of it being like them going full blown war. It's, it's very, be, like, yeah. It's it's got to handle. It. It's going to be a hard thing to handle. I really think it's got a lot stacked against it, it in does. terms of just being difficult to write. Um. But I'm very excited to see the end of the trilogy. I, it's, say, been, I just, it's been so good so I far. I just ordered the trilogy uh, in 4K so we can watch the we can watch the last one. <laughs> and I'm very excited. Um, yeah, no, I'm. It's very cool. I can't wait to see it. Hopefully, it won't. I really hope it's not one of those deals where like <laughs> they're like, "Oh, look how brutal this is. We're gonna destroy everything." Yeah, I hope it. Caesar I hope loves. it's not just like. Uh, brutal monkey war for like two hours because i don't know that'll that'll probably get old pretty fast because so much of my favorite elements of these movies and this movie especially are like the smaller character moments Mm -hmm. and kind of the grandness and just the emotional connection they have with each other exactly uh and i really hope we don't like lose that in some sense good movie manga very good it's a good movie (laughs) again i gave it four out of five stars i give it a four and a half um, and I guess that'll lead us into our next section of the podcast. Uh, so we now find ourselves, uh, ourselves, <laughs> I mean, I cannot speak today. I think right. we got up too early. We um, did. <laughs> uh, we got up at like five. Oh man. Uh, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> so we find ourselves <laughs> in the final uh, wow. segment and the, what we watched segment. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, uh, the what we watched segment is a little thing at the end where we talk about all of the movies that we've watched since the last episode. Yeah. Just brief little ratings and opinions uh, <laughs> to where you can hear even more from us. Even more tidbits about films. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? And we talked about Avatar, Avatar. So we're going from, I guess, the 16th or yeah. the 15th. Well, I mean, like the afternoon of the 15th. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, so what did, hold on. Okay. So I watched, uh, that afternoon I watched by myself the 2022 film Fresh, which you may have heard of. It's a Hulu original, uh, directed by Mimi Cave. And it was quite good. I I had been looking forward to it for a while and, uh, performances were solid. Uh, the body horror was good. Uh, it, it took a lot of big stylistic swings and it actually hit pretty well. So I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, also on the 16th. I gave it a 4 uh, out of 5. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> also on the 16th, I watched The In-Laws. Uh, the In-Laws. I picked up the criterion for it at a, at a used uh, DVD. <laughs> no Blu-ray. one's heard of this movie, Mike. I, I had never heard of this movie, but it had Peter Falk in it, so I thought I'd give it a try, and it was also cheap for a criterion. Um, and, it, you know, it was fine. It had a lot of really unique and fun elements to it. But a lot of stuff that is kind of what you'd expect from a more, in my opinion, mediocre comedy. 
Like, just not Fair all enough, of the bit. Yeah. A lot of the bits felt kind of lazy. Some of the jokes didn't work. There were just some weird plot stuff. It didn't feel like it was going as hard as it could or being as funny as it could. Fair enough. Um, but the two leads are still really fun and play really well off of each other. And, like, yeah, overall, it was a really fun movie. Just, I mean, I, I watched a couple scenes from it. It seemed all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? it's, it, it has this weird sense that it that it's funnier than it is, I mm, think. Yeah. Like, like, when they come in at the end scene on, like, the air balloon thing, like, I was like, <laughs> what? That was pretty good, though. <laughs> uh, but I gave it three and a half. It was still very fun. There you go. Um, then we watched that night, I suppose, uh, the 2022 film that Sean Levy directed, if you can, if you can even <laughs> believe it, director of Free Guy and Night at the Museum, oddly enough, which the... I, <laughs> I don't know. I do like the Night at the Museum series. Yeah. But yes, we watched the Adam, the Project. Adam Project. Uh, hmm. Hmm. How do I feel about this movie? I like it. It's weird. Sean Levy makes weird movies. He makes weird. It's such weird it's movies. Like movies that are that are pretty objectively just fun. Yeah. Like he like this is this is not a bad movie. No. But at the same time, for me, there was something really like detestable and flat going on in the entire. Time, it is. Which yeah. is the same way I felt towards Free Guy. Yes. Um, Free Guy more so. For Free me. Guy more so. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a bit more solid than Free Guy. Um, but man, <laughs> I, 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 I don't really want Sean Levy to work with Ryan Reynolds ever again. I can see... Free guy made him too powerful. I can see why a lot of people don't like this, but I don't know. I, I think it, it, removing myself from my biases against like just the general state of modern action movies and like sci-fi blockbusters, if I remove myself from that uh, and just my general distaste for the current landscape of those the, those kind of films i think it's a good film i think i think it's solid yeah i like it i don't know it's it's fine i gave it, <laughs> i gave it two and a half i gave it a three and thinking a half. about giving it a three yeah because like there, it really isn't like, like there's nothing that bad there. no there's nothing terrible in it i just don't like a lot of what it's doing yeah um, a lot of the a lot of the humor does not hit very well no <laughs> but that's to be expected i suppose uh, I get yeah, I gave it a three and a half. I thought it was all right. Um, and then on the seventeenth, I watched the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Netflix one. Uh, I'd never seen a single Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie in my life, and uh, everyone I know seems to not like this one very much. Um, but it's good. I thought it was great, even. Uh, I, I'm very inexperienced in slasher films, but, uh, this had a lot of really fun kills and it didn't skimp on like going full on horror almost the entire time. So we're losing our audience. I had, a, I had a fun time. They're unsubscribing. Fun time. If I'd have gone and seen this in a the theater, I would have had an even better time. It, it was really fun. I don't know. <laughs> the characters, I, I saw a lot of people complaining about how like, one dimensional and one note the characters are but i actually really liked them i don't know 
Maybe maybe I'm just weird. We're losing our entire audience. Okay, Start, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, away. 2022. Uh, I liked it a lot. I give it four they've out turned, of five. They've turned off the podcast. <laughs> also found out uh, Elise Fisher and I have the same birthday. You didn't know that? Well, I, I think I found that out like on my birthday this past <laughs> year, but I had forgotten about it. And then I saw Elise Fisher in this again. I'm like, oh, yeah. I forgot we're like exactly one year apart. It's so weird. It's bizarre. But I had a lot of fun. Good movie. Uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, on the 18th, uh, well, technically the night of the 17th, but it was that late. Uh, yeah. We watched Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. What's, what's this wee business? Me, uh, me and my mom. My mom had never seen it. Uh, and I was like, okay. Someone who's never seen Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. <laughs> uh, shocking, really. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's... There's a lot to unpack in Paul Blart Mall Cop. It's too. true. It's true. You could you could do multiple essays on, on that movie. <laughs> it's not that good. I gave it one and a half. There are like a couple, like maybe two or three funny jokes in the entire uh, movie. Sad times. It's it's like, really just. But not it's a that comedy. Funny. It's a comedy. Like I think I think it's it's mostly enjoyable. Unfunny comedy. As in, like watching it ironically is, okay. is the most enjoyable way to watch it. <laughs> Fair um, enough. But I gave it, again, one and a half. Uh, then on the 18th, uh, I watched High Flying Bird. High Flying Bird. Uh, very, very, very good movie. Solid film. Um, one of my favorites. It's the High Flying Bird it's flying a... way up in the sky, Robbie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it's kind of understated uh, how different Soderbergh feels now. Like, like right. the recent films that I've seen of his compared to a lot of his older stuff. But it's got a really, really fun kind of style, and I don't know. I just I really enjoyed this all around. It's, it's I mean, this was like the third time I watched it, but uh, I just uh, man, I gave it a four and a half. I love I love the energy that the, movie. No, has. the performances and the screenplay are so good. <laughs> the screenplay is so good. <laughs> uh, then on the nineteenth, I watched Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, I, Every time I'm like, eh, Moonrise Kingdom's probably not that. It's actually good. probably pretty mid. And then I go and watch it, and I like, I love it every time. So I still gave it five stars. Yeah. I own the Criterion for it. And then after I watched a bunch of the supplements, and that was fun. Uh, nice. I logged to do like to read. Um, I didn't rate it. But it's still <laughs> but it's, it's an it's an interesting short. Um, Fair enough. There's also a cool short, and I wanted to check if it was on Letterboxd, but I don't think it was, that I didn't know was on the Criterion that was, like, is this little intro to the movie thing that I had never seen before. What would, like, a... Kind of like on Fantastic Mr. Fox, where someone's just like yeah, one of the, one of the characters the from the movie is introduced. Yeah, it's you. probably not like loggable yeah. or anything, but that's pretty cool. No, yeah, it's this entire thing where he's like, like it's uh, Jason Schwartzman's character yeah. playing the movie for a bunch of the <laughs> khaki scouts. That's funny. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. But yeah, a very good movie. I very much enjoy it. I wish I liked it more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, later, I guess, was that the yeah. same day? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we watched, we sat down with, uh, Micah's girlfriend and watched shout Matilda. Out, shout out to Haley. <laughs> shout out to Haley, friend of the podcast. <laughs> friend uh, of, friend of mine, personally. Wow. She brought, she brought her Matilda Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. And we watched We'd it. never seen it before. Directed by Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. The first time seeing a Danny DeVito film. And yeah, it was it was fun. <laughs> Danny was, DeVito production. <laughs> it was it had a lot of Tim Burton energy, but it makes sense being that it was mostly Tim Burton like crew working on it. Yeah. Um, no, it makes sense. But it's but it like I really like Roald Dahl's writing, 
and it's really cool to see somebody actually actually i can't speak <laughs> actually execute one of his movie like one of his movie adaptations well yeah because it's so difficult absolutely. to pull off yeah no i have i used to like matilda the book a lot as a kid um i was a big roll doll fan just in general um but this is one of the most like book accurate adaptations I've seen of his that's actually good. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's like the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but that's not book accurate. I was about to say it seems like most most of the time to make a good Roald Dahl uh, based movie, you have to radically change the source material. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> been like three Roald Dahl adaptations I've really liked: Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and Matilda. Yeah. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. But I do think those other two are on a much better level than this one. I was about to say, The Witches is actually fairly book accurate, and it sucks. <laughs> we did it. We did an episode on it. Uh, but I gave I gave it four stars. It's very fun, and the direction is actually doing a lot of really fun things. Yeah. The cast is great. It's funny. <laughs> it's engaging. The lighting's good. Like, I, I don't know. It's a good movie. Yeah, I wanted to mention... Uh... <laughs> In my review, I said it has a similar uh, visual dictionary to The Quick and the Dead, <laughs> which uh, I, I, that really speaks volumes about uh, what how this movie is. It's, right. it's a lot of fun. Good stuff. I uh, gave it a four and a half. Then on the 20th the and 20th. or the 21st, uh, we watched Knives Out. Knives Out. Uh, very, very good. I've talked about it several times. We, we did, did an episode on it. We did an episode about it. This was my 18th time logging it on Letterboxd, uh, and I still gave it five stars. I This was my seventh time watching it, and I, I, I the past couple times it's finally beaten me down. I've, I've, given, <laughs> I've given it a five the yes. past few times. It's, yes. good. it's a good movie. <laughs> I love Ryan Johnson too much, I think. <laughs> Uh, then on the 21st, I watched uh, original cast album Company. Nice. Um, a very cool little documentary. It's nice, short. You get to see uh, Stephen Sondheim in a turtleneck. <laughs> uh, it, uh, yeah, it's just very good, very well made. Stephen Sondheim in a turtleneck. As a, theater, as a theater person myself, it was very fun to watch. Uh, oh, yeah. I gave it four and a half. Not too shabby. Then on the 21st, we watched... Uh, we went out to the theater, and we watched The Lost City. The Lost new, City. New, new film, <laughs> if you could even believe it. And you know... It's it good. Was, it was, yeah, it was good. A great was, even, I would uh, argue. No, no. I would I argue. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say great. <laughs> I would argue. Robbie's, Robbie's throwing these great labels out like, wow. they're, like they're candy on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but yes, The Lost City. Um, I don't know. You, If you're... A movie person you've probably seen a trailer or two for it i imagine yeah. and it's kind of what you would expect from a weird goofy comedy yeah thing with sandra bullock and it, really channing tatum <laughs> so if you ever have what is that movie called the the um the movie on netflix with the guy writing a book um oh True Memoirs of an International Assassin, is yeah, that it? Yeah, True okay. Memoirs of an... If you've ever seen that movie, this is like that, but, but much better. But much better. I was about to say, that movie kind of sucks, but uh, this is good. This is that, but actually pulling off a lot of its bits really well. Yeah. Um, Channing Tatum is really funny in this. Channing Tatum is, is great in this. Um, honestly, the highlight, which is kind of weird, because yeah. I'm not a big Channing Tatum fan. Really? Daniel Radcliffe's really oh. fun. 
Brad Pitt's really fun. Like, Brad Pitt is a lot of fun in this. I'm glad I'm glad he got another role where he was able to eat a lot on screen. <laughs> Dude, why is he always eating? <laughs> what is going on with Brad Pitt? He's always he's always eating something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh but yeah, I gave it three and a half. It's it's a it's a pretty good movie actually. Um, I mentioned that it, some of the jokes miss and it can feel it, it can feel really uh scattered and repetitive a lot of the time yeah it's editing isn't very good <laughs> but uh i i think the performances and pacing of it are are quite good i i like it a lot yeah. i gave it a four out of five uh then on the 21st i watched eraser head eraser head um Ooh, we got a real art art film on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. I still I still don't fully know how I feel about it because I guess I still don't fully understand what it's trying to go mm, for. Yeah. In in a lot of ways. And every time I kind of think I do, I don't. Which is kind of a staple of David Lynch stuff, I guess. Yeah. But I just don't know if I like it or not, you know? Fair enough. It's, I, I like it a lot. It's one personally. of the few movies that really grosses me out too, so <laughs> That's funny. Um but I gave it a four and a half. It's it's really well crafted. Its atmosphere is insane. Mm. Uh so many there there's just so much that's really great about this movie. Namely uh the eraser head baby. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the eraser it, it could baby. just it could just be like a two hour shot of just the eraser head baby chilling and I would I would love it. Rubby, the eraser head baby. <laughs> It not only makes everybody go insane it ruins like it ruins his marriage and then his sex life after his marriage so it's pretty good <laughs> it's... a good movie i dare say uh yeah. weird movie but yeah good dude, the sound the sound the eraser head baby makes is so good dude i don't know how they got that eraser head baby puppet to do some of the things it does so good. like at one time it's spitting up baby food and like it has a little tongue and it's like spit i don't know how they did it's, that the puppet is so wet all the time it's always slimy yeah, it's very impressive <laughs> this and that was david lynch's debut feature right really i'm pretty sure 77 unless see. i'm mistaken length feature sort by earliest first well i didn't know it was first yeah yeah that was his wow. debut he did this and imagine <laughs> imagine coming out of the gate with something as weird as eraser dude he did he did eraser head and then elephant man somehow he got dune <laughs> and then blue velvet that it's was so that was how weird. he kicked off everything. it's so weird shout out to david lynch i guess weirdest career man legend from the start <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> but yeah uh some good movies yeah. uh and then this morning we woke up at like five o'clock and <sighs> turned on uh dawn of the planet of the apes which is why we sound so incoherent right for, for a lot of this, this podcast this, hap this happens every time we wake up super early <laughs> and where we get to the podcast and we're like mm, um uh i think it's monkey <laughs> monkey monkey movie good <laughs> we've been up for like almost five hours already and uh, that's insane my blood sugar it's falling it's, <laughs> i'm dying but thank you guys for listening uh pro no podcast next week probably maybe maybe i don't know i don't know depends how it goes we'll see we'll see uh because i'm i'm going on a work trip Ooh, work trip mr Ooh, fancy, fancy pants <laughs> yeah i have a feeling the problem the, the the part of the reason we feel like this is we had my graduation party like two years late obviously i, I mean i don't know if people keep up with my personal life <laughs> but we had my graduation party yesterday and we i think everyone ate way too much sugar oh man 
man. I was. I crashed. So I felt hard. so sick to my stomach yesterday. <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, but yeah. Um, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Uh, I don't know what movie we're going to be doing. Who knows when we'll return? It could be next. It week. could be any time. Could... But eventually, we'll do War of the Planet of the Apes. So don't yes. don't worry, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening, and good night. <laughs> Or good morning. I don't know. I don't know when people listen. Well, we put it out in the afternoon. <laughs> okay. So good afternoon. More likely, likely to listen to it at night. Thank you for listening. If not the next day. Good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs>